Hey, welcome into the show. If you are listening to this preamble, then you are listening to Talking Out Loud in the podcast format. And so I wanted to give a quick introduction to the episode because this is the first week that we will be back on the air on ESPN 1410 AM in Dayton and available on iHeartRadio. You can still keep listening to the podcast wherever you have been listening to it, whether that's Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, what have you. But we'll be on the radio, so uh, the show will sound a little bit different because we have to accommodate for certain breaks and uh, radio commercials. But rest assured, if you are listening on the podcast feed, all you'll hear is five seconds of very mellowing audio before we get you back into the program. So uh, I got Dukes from Barstool, another proud Dayton graduate, got a full hour of nothing but Dayton basketball talk coming right at you. And this is Talking Out Loud, and it starts right now. You're listening to Talking Out Loud, still the number one podcast in the Atlantic 10 and among all Dayton Flyers basketball fans everywhere. The only podcast on the internet consistently reminding you to wear red and be loud. Welcome back to Talking Out Loud. I'm your host, Sully, here for another rousing edition of the only show on the radio internet or otherwise that is solely dedicated to your Dayton Flyers. Whether you're listening to us on the podcast feed or on ESPN Radio, yes, we want to welcome back our ESPN Radio audience in Dayton. This is week number one, back in the saddle, giving you a show every single Thursday on ESPN Radio in Dayton, that's 1410 Wing AM. So we thank all the listeners out there. We will be here every single week, Thursday, 6 p.m. Central for me. Sorry, I can't help do my... Oh, I always do that, Dukes. I was going to introduce you, but now you have to... Like, I always do that, man. This 6 p.m. Eastern, our show uh, is coming to you on Thursdays. Again, 1410 Wing AM. So welcome in, radio audience. We have a full hour-long show. I'm not going to say jam-packed, Dukes, but I have my friend... Uh, from Barstool Sports of newly found Barstool fame. Dukes, welcome back into the program. I want to start here. Is October the best sports month for you, or are you one of those guys that will argue for, like, March or something else? Oh, that's actually a great question. I think if you're going overall sports, October is probably the best because you got a little bit of everything. you got, like, the college basketball excitement. NBA's rolling around. you got college football, football, NFL. But for me, college basketball head, you got to go March. March is the easy answer right there. I got to go March. It is. Yeah, it is because um, the MLB is kind of creeped into March too. So the opening day is in March. So it didn't mm-hmm. used to be, but now March kind of gets the bump on that. I feel like a huge baseball guy. Um, for me, it's always going to be October just because of the volume of sports. That That's really all it is. Yeah. Like any given night, you can turn on live sports. I mean, even tonight. 
being a college football guy myself, there's a game on right now, Wednesday night, when we're recording Coastal Carolina and Appalachian State. I mean, you just don't get that kind of volume other times <laughs> of the year. You really don't. It's insane. It's in, and then once like the Mac kicks off, there's like some ridiculous schedule where it's like you have a football game every single day of the week for oh, eight God, weeks. Yeah. It's, you can't. You don't get that in March or whatever. You get like maybe a little excitement hopping into the NBA playoffs right after March Madness, but it's all excitement. It's not real. This October, it's real sports going on every single night. I know. That's exactly right. And and I'm glad you brought that up because I'll do a shameless pro- plug right now for Mac Tuesdays. Um, Mac football is coming back and we have Maction on Tuesdays in November. So it's only like two weeks away from the time that we're recording. But I'm fired up because you don't you're you haven't crossed into college football gambling degenerate until you've bet on a Tuesday night Mac game. That's what that's <laughs> what separates the men from the boys, honestly. Tuesday night Mac games are my favorite thing. You can always count on the kickers missing five field goals, six extra points a night, and then the under almost is, I won't say a lock because that wouldn't be gambling, uh, responsible gambling, but the, the unders usually are disastrous. The, the players don't know what they're doing. <laughs> um, <laughs> mentioned in the introduction that our friend Duke's Dayton graduate is now a representative at Barstool Sports, so we have boot on the grounds. Uh, I'm not going to say behind enemy lines. I don't want to make it sound like an enemy, but you, we have boots <laughs> on the ground everywhere now in in um, the realm of sports media, I feel like. Um, so bring back the curtain there, man. How has it been working at Barstool? I mean, I know that you were doing a lot of the lacrosse content, and now yeah. they have you moving into to college basketball, but um, you've been there for, what, almost a year now, so you got to have some good perspective. Fully, fully over a year now. Uh, I absolutely love it. It's kind of crazy how it came full circle always just was a dream to me to work in sports media especially at barstool now it's like a full year it just flew by but had some lacrosse content last year was mostly just dating just talking basketball on twitter and now they have me running the social media account for uh, our barstool podcast barstool bench mob come check us out uh it's really fun it's exciting i also do a lot of stuff for the sports book so i get the gambling aspect the college basketball aspect it's my two favorite things in the world sully can't ask for anything better i know man I know. Um, and that was honestly one of the things I wanted to bring up tonight, because as we head towards the season, 20 days away from the Dayton Flyers uh, opening their season, by the time it gets to you, it'll be 19 days because we're recording here on October 20th, releasing to you on the 21st. Um, but I got to thinking, Dukes, because there's a couple of outlets across the country that cover the full gamut of college basketball. And I mean, like all the teams. So CBS Sports generally does a pretty good job. Uh, three man weave. And there's a couple. I mean, if you want to count SB Nation, I don't think they particularly do a great job. So my point being, there's really like two or three outlets that effectively cover college basketball on the whole. And um, it's always been really interesting to me because... For example, the guys that have tried to do A10 podcasts for the conference, they do okay, but this show still gets better ratings because we're focused solely on one team. And I think college basketball is like the ultimate sport where everybody wants their coverage hyper-focused on a team because even here in Dayton land, our fan base doesn't necessarily care what's going on in the A10 at large on any given day in the same way that Ohio State fans don't necessarily care what's going on in the rest of the Big Ten basketball landscape once the time we get to like January, right? Mm -hmm. I'm always very curious, like what kind of college basketball fan wants to consume content across the sport, right? It's it's an interesting. So even I would consider myself a huge college basketball fan out even outside Dayton, outside of mid majors, just the full landscape of it. 
But me too. I, I can't, but I can't grasp myself to start paying attention until I get the little notification from Blue Ribbon because I always order my Blue Ribbon yearbook around oh, yeah. like September. And once I get the notification, like, hey, you could order the pre-order. That's when I start like getting tickled and I'm like, all right, it's coming back. It's coming back. It's coming back. But what do you do between the end of the national championship to August, September? It's just so boring. I yeah. can't, I can't keep, do you, like, do you pay attention to recruiting close enough? No. And that's why I have other people on the program that do. Cause I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't like to either. I, mean, <laughs> I got to have people. Yeah. Yeah. When I like, I like seeing like the date, the Dayton Twitter crew is one of the best in the biz. I even go around like the Barstool office and hype up how crazy Dayton Twitter is. And I'm like, they do my job for me. They let me know which recruits we want, who we're going to get, who we're not going to get, who's unrealistic. But seriously, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. I just can't do it. Yeah. Um, I, that's why I said like in the radio business, you got to have a guy for everything. Like I got a contracts guy. I have like an NCAA guy that can break down like the legal jargon. Um, and then same way, like I got a, I got a guy for that, for recruiting. It's, it's Durs. He's been on the podcast before. He's great. But it's, it's not really me being lazy. It's that I will never devote so much time as a radio host to the recruiting side of the business as these guys do. So it would almost be disingenuous for me to sit up here and just like rattle off all this stuff like I know it. I don't know it. So I have to go to them to kind of, you know, inform the public. But point taken is it I love college basketball as much as anybody. And, and I just don't really see how palatable it is to create content for all of these teams. I mean, I, that's why I like my show, because I can just focus everything in on what's going on with Dayton. And that's why it's done well. Um, but I was curious, you know, now that you're kind of trying to embark on more of a, what is going to get the most people talking in regards to college basketball, how do you focus that light? You know, where do you shine that light? So you get people going, I would have to assume it's mostly big 10, mostly big East, um, and mostly East coast. Right. So that's actually very funny. You bring up that point. So basically when I, so when I'm controlling the college basketball account that I run, I try to piss off as much of the big fan bases as I possibly can. So I, I'll put out like these fake things. I'll be like, what's the most, what's the most passionate fan base in each state. And I'll mess up or tweak like one or two. And I'll put Notre Dame instead of Indiana and Purdue or whatever. <laughs> and it will get them. What are you talking about? Are you stupid? And I'll be getting so many comments, so many quote tweets, so many likes. And I'm like, you guys don't understand. It's like, this is building engagement for my account. More people are following us now. Like it's so, it is so funny. These, these blue blood fan bases just get so mad. And when I put like, when I put like top 10 crazy fan bases, I always put in like Dayton. Like I always hype up Dayton and people are like, why does this guy keep posting about Dayton basketball? <laughs> <laughs> That's the perfect troll job too. And we're talking to Dukes from Barstool Sports here on Talking Out Loud. Um, that's like the perfect troll job. And I do the same kind of thing too. Um, you know, because you're exactly right. In social media and, and in the landscape, like you do have to get people talking to a certain extent. Um, for me, I try to toe the line of like, if I don't actually believe it, I try to leave it off. But just to your point, Sometimes I'll get caught up to it. I'll be like, you know what? This would really piss off some VCU fans if I said some like really heinous stuff about their gym looking like a cafeteria. You know? (laughs) So I guess that's why I asked is because when you cover the country at large, you kind of I would be really bad at it because I want everybody to like me. And your job is to get as many people as you can to like spew vitriol at you. 
yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I, I think I would struggle at that job, to be honest with you. It's it, exactly what you're saying about towing the line is when it's August, July, and it's just those slow months, you kind of have to do what you have to do to kind of create buzz about, around your account, around what you're doing. So it's tough, especially in college uh, basketball. But now that we're creeping closer to the season, I've kind of toned it back. I'm going like more serious. I'm giving them the preseason polls, just everything that a college basketball guy wants to know kind of heading into the season. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's why we're here today. If you're joining the program, obviously you've taken an interest in the Dayton Flyers and our opening night game, which is 19 days away from the time of this release against UIC. Um, Last thing I want to talk about in the first segment before we went to the break was we were mentioning uh, preseason rankings um, that have come out this week. So Ken Palm ratings are out. If you're unfamiliar, uh, Ken Pomeroy puts out KenPalm.com rankings every year. Ranks teams 1 to 358. Now there's 358 teams. Dukes, do you happen to know the one team that jumped into the fold uh, that was not here last year? Because we had 357 last year. Do you happen to know? I want to say it's like, oh, it's probably, an, is it an Ivy League team? It is not. No. Uh, is it a team that made the jump? Yeah, so I'm saying Mary like Mac. close because they came into the fold not too long ago. Um, no, who is it? Okay, so it is a team called St. Thomas More, I believe. Is it, maybe it's just St. Thomas, but they're in Minnesota. Tom- yep, yep, yep. That was that, that's a great because they went from D3 to D1. And I, since Correct. I played club lacrosse at Dayton. We used to play St. Thomas for the national championship all the time. So there you go. Um, yeah. So that I couldn't remember if it was St. Thomas or St. Thomas more, but there are now 358 teams. Um, and funny enough, uh, last or sorry, um, this year, um, everybody's playing games, but no, uh, it, it was, it's kind of weird now that I look at all these teams, like 358 of them, like, man, how did we get here? It's like every <laughs> single year we're just adding on it to the stack. But anywho, uh, Ken Pomeroy's ratings came out, got everybody from one to three fifty eight uh, using his his system. Um, it's, you know, take it for what it's worth. A lot of teams can jump 40, 50 spots. You know, the year Dayton was in the top 10. I think they started at like 60 that year. Um, so it's kind of the first barometer of the college season for all the teams to come out. And, and I wanted to bring this up, Dukes, because every year now, more and more, the preseason ratings get more useless to me. And it's just like year over year over year because it's the same people that want to do the rankings and they all have roughly the same teams in their rankings. And then when they don't have the same teams in their rankings, people just like you said are like, how would you possibly leave out Indiana in the top 25? You know, and it's like nobody has a clue, man. Calm down. So I want to get your perspective on this, but I feel like we are now at a point where you kind of do the top 25 for fun, but anyone that takes them seriously in any regard whatsoever is just so misguided. Nobody really knows a true, a true top 25. I think if you're doing an honest top 25, you do the 10, there's always 10, I feel like 10 to 15 teams that are definitely going to be in it that you could just tell year over year, or you might just take it. Like even I heard someone talking about this the other day, Virginia, they don't know how Virginia is going to be, but they're betting that Tony Bennett's going to figure out how that team can work this year. So he puts it in the top 25. So that makes sense to me. Then in the back half of your top 25, you got to have teams that you think might jump, make the jump this year. Like when we weren't in the top 25 in 2020, 2019, 2020, I was like, are they even paying attention to Dayton? This team is clearly going to be a top 25 team this year. Right. I mean, that's when I realized for the first time that the top 25 didn't mean anything. 
Yeah, it doesn't. And people do try to sell me on this every year. They're like, well, it means something for recruits and it means something for your program's perception. And unfortunately, those aspects are fairly true because when you're in the top 25, you know, you get that on the ESPN ticker, you know, your name comes up first, you know, ahead of everybody else. Mm-hmm. Recruits see that you're probably going to get more national TV games because you've been ranked in previous years. You know, Dayton's even gotten that nod sometimes and they've had good years that next year they'll get better games scheduled. But I, I don't know. I can't buy it. Like, I really cannot buy that a recruit would come to a school over another because he saw their ranking more in a season. I, I don't know. It's just like too long of a bridge to build for me. And, and I think I'm just at the point where I just really throw them away altogether because even if someone goes out on a limb and tries to make their rankings unique, they usually get taken to task for it because people are like, are you even paying attention? And it's like, well, they're trying to have a, maybe they're trying to have a top 25. That's not the same as everybody else, but that doesn't even, it, it, but there's not even any purpose to that. Right. So I guess I'm at the point where, you know, do we even need the rankings? Like sell me on it. Can you sell me on the rankings being present? The top 25 AP? No. But the Ken Palm, I probably could. I mean, the Ken Palm, yeah. even them, I, I I love the Ken Palm. I saw some stat that the last five champions all at, were in the top five of the Ken Palm to start the year. So that's a pretty good identifier, in my in my opinion. But that's the Ken fair. Palm, the Ken Palm, you even need about a month or two of data to really understand like who the top teams are and the, for the Ken Palm to be fully efficient. So there's no real good ranking. I if I had an AP vote. I wouldn't even pay attention in the offseason. I would just be like, what's everyone else doing? And then I'll just exactly. be like, okay, our week six, we'll really figure out how, like, how these teams really are. It's, exactly. It's just unreal. Like, I heard Gary Parrish talk about how he just thinks that people rip off his votes and they're not ever actually doing their research. And I totally believe it. Oh, absolutely. Because he's one of the only people all year that puts out a top 25 and one almost every single day throughout the college basketball season. Um, And that just tells me that he pays attention and cares. And that's really what we're getting to is that there's a lot of people out there and maybe I'm educating listeners now, but there are a lot of AP voters out there that don't cover the sport at all. I swear to you. like It's not like being hyperbolic. There is a very large faction of the AP voting um, cohort that just does not cover college basketball, but they get a vote for one reason or another. Um, to Duke's point, before we go to break, he mentioned that they're a couple seasons in a row now. Um, last five champions, did you say, came out of the Ken Palm top five? Yeah, to start the year. Okay, so uh, if you're a betting person and listening to this show, which you might be, the top five right now on Ken Pomeroy's college basketball ratings for the upcoming season coming down the pipe are Gonzaga, Michigan at two, Kansas at three, Baylor at four, and Illinois at five. We'll be right back going through some of the A-10 roundup, tell you what's relevant around the conference right now as we head into the season less than three weeks away. You're listening to Sully and Dukes from Barstool here on Talking Out Loud on 1410 ESPN Radio and wherever you listen to podcasts. And welcome back to the break. This is Talking Out Loud with Sully and Dukes from Barstool. And we welcome you in if you're listening on the podcast feed or on 1410 ESPN Radio Dayton. If you are listening on the radio and you want to catch the podcast, you can always find us at Talking Out Loud, L-O-W-D, wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, Dukes, uh, we talked about some of the preseason ratings on the first segment. And so now I kind of do want to do a little whip around around the A-10. 
first of all, have you done any recon on the A10 yet? Have you gotten any feel for how the conference is going to be before we jump into it? Yeah, it's still top heavy in my opinion. Um, I agree. I don't, I don't know where you want to go with it or where you want to start, but I feel like Dayton's definitely a top three team this year. I think that people have St. Louis a bit too high in my opinion. Um, uh, I, agree. I, still think, I still think that it's St. Bonnie, Richmond, uh, St. Louis, and I think VC is a little bit too hurt right now. Yeah, um, it was an open-ended question. I just want to see if you had a feel for the conference, and we, yeah. we'll get to that here a later part of the show. Um, but the news of the week actually came out of St. Louis and the SLU basketball program. Uh, Tuesday of this week, SLU had a press conference, a very hyped-up press conference. They, they, um, they really put some juice behind it, and there was a lot of speculation on Twitter, if you're on the Twitter machine, that SLU was going to jump conferences that was absolutely preposterous. There is no way on God's green earth that anyone could ever jump conferences and journalists not know about it ahead of time. So if you're wondering if teams are ever going to jump conferences, just take a look around and see if it's been leaked to any journalists because those conference switches are such big news. Somebody's going to hear about it before it hits the Twitter waves. So um, with that in mind, SLU had this big announcement on Tuesday that they were upgrading their facilities and I, I wanted to start there on today's whip around of the conference, Dukes, because frankly, I think St. Louis made way too big of a deal about this. And the reason I think that is that St. Louis kind of positioned it as this, uh, we're going to be a premier program now and we're going to have the best facilities. And I think they kind of missed the point. Um, if SLU wants to be taken seriously in the same breath that Dayton does, and they do, um, mm -hmm. you know, if you're curious, I mean, like as a listener, SLU and Dayton want to be on the same wavelength. Like whatever they're doing, they want to do it the same way. They're the same size university. SLU's an obviously a bigger metro area. But in the landscape of college basketball, they're basically on the same kind of tier, right? Yeah, 100%. So if SLU wants to be taken seriously in this realm of college basketball, this is not a differentiator. This is the price of doing business, right? Totally. Totally, totally agree. I saw Rothstein's tweet and he was like, this is big, big, like big A10 news. No, it's not. It just it's means not. that they're catching up with the rest of the conference right now. If you well, they're catching up with the with us, but well, we're also, so far away from the rest of the conference. Duquesne also has like redid their facilities and did they get a really nice arena and everything? Sure. So it is, if you want to be taken seriously in this conference, it is you have to catch up with Dayton. Yeah, and um, I almost don't want to compare him to Duquesne, but you're right. It's worth comparing. It's just that I guess when you look at what Duquesne has done over the last two or three years, and then you look at what SLU has done, SLU was probably capable of making a move like this about five years ago, which is why it's not big news. Like Dayton did this years ago, and Dayton continues to improve on our facilities and our program because you guessed it. They want to be relevant, not just in the A-10, but in the national landscape. And look, I mean, Dayton's like on the precipice of being relevant every year. We're right there, right? And and I think I think SLU is actually fairly close as well. I mean, yeah. they've seen a lot of good recent success, but I couldn't help but look at this announcement and say, hey, this is the price of doing business. And to go back to the last point, I don't feel like it's necessarily fair to compare with Duquesne because Duquesne is setting itself above the second tier of the conference like they didn't renovate their arena into like a 15,000 seat arena saying we're the best they were simply saying hey if you want to go to like a mid-major we're probably going to beat out a lot of the other mid-majors 
on their facilities and you get to live in a metro area like Pittsburgh. Like I think Duquesne was perfect in that they recognized where they were and then they're like, okay, we can't beat out schools like Dayton, but we can beat out schools like St. Bonaventure, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I actually want to just quickly say like, we were St. Louis almost thought that their move was taking them from good to elite almost because like, I think that Dayton St. Louis might be missing like VCU want to be compared with those big East teams. But Duquesne was on the cusp of being either a joke or fighting for that fourth spot in the conference, that third spot in the conference. Do you know what I mean by that? They They were teetering with being a joke falling to like the Fordham's. There's a couple teams that are falling to the bottom of the conference in that respect. Oh yeah, and and I think to that same point, George Mason has just done enough now where they got the hire, right? Like mm-hmm. they think, well, they think they do. I mean, Kim English <laughs> hasn't coached a game for GW yet, but he's saying all the right things, right? I mean, he's like, I, I want to inject energy in the program, and I want to be a player's coach, and they just got out of an era where their coach was incredibly boring and milk toast, and he didn't really drum up interest for the program. So you're right. You kind of you don't want to start slipping down towards the Fordham and the LaSalle's. And Duquesne took a very relevant step up to say, hey, you know, we're we're not going to be the biggest program, the baddest program. But, hey, we might compete every four years or so. And if, and if you're a Duquesne, I mean, that's the goal. Let's be honest. You're not trying to be relevant every year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, let's let's just call it what it is. Um Speaking of programs not relevant every year, but making that run every couple of years, uh, Dukes, I, I think it's fair to say in the preseason here, again, we're talking to Dukes from Barstool Sports here on Talking Out Loud. Um, the hype train is officially out of the station for St. Bonaventure. Yeah. I mean, they're, they return everybody from a great team last year, a tournament team last year, a team that I thought would beat LSU. But they did lose to Dayton. I mean, don't even get me started on last year's team. Well, hold on. If you're going to say they're a great team, like how great were they, though? That's what well, I want to know. Dayton had three NBA players who want to look at it in that perspective. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, there's there, Dayton. The thing that always frustrated me about Dayton was the ebbs and flows, the highs and the lows. They couldn't, I couldn't deal with that team last year. But when they were good, yeah. when they bought in, they were a good basketball team. Could they put it together every single game? No, they couldn't. They proved that. That's why they. That's why they were so frustrating last year. No, they were. And you, uh, we brought this up on previous episodes, but uh, you, I wish I would have filmed myself during the Fordham game. But you actually had the luxury of being filmed as the Fordham game was coming to a conclusion, and that was that was like one of the highlights of the season for me, to be honest with you. That, it was just I, raw. It was honest. I couldn't. I couldn't. I was just thinking about that game. I still. <laughs> I still can't believe we lost to Fordham because I, I was. Know. I was talking to a Fordham guy today, and I was like, "That's actually a team. They made the right hire, in my opinion. That's another I think team. So. I, think, I think they made." And I was like, "I said to him, I was like, hey, man, if they don't get it right with the, uh, Neptune, they're they'll never get it right. You got someone under uh, Jay Wright's wing, someone that's buying into Fordham, wants to like have." games in the Barclay Center at MSG. He wants to make Fordham a legit program. He's got a, a four-star recruit coming. So if he doesn't do this at Fordham right now, they're done. But yeah, I, I'm still not over that Fordham loss from last year. <laughs> and yeah, if you weren't aware in Flyerland, um, the, the two hires that we just talked about, Kim English, the new coach at George Mason, and then uh, Kyle Neptune, who was on the staff at Villanova for a number of years, uh, got hired to Fordham in the offseason. 
So, um, yeah, there, I mean, there's some new faces and there's some guys on the hot seat as well. Uh, but yeah, you know, I did want to start with Bonaventure because if you're a Dayton fan, you're looking at the rankings, kind of taking a look at where everybody landed. Um, Bonaventure made the top 25. They're right there. Number 23. Um, the first time they've been ranked in 50 years, going back to 1971. And if you followed this conference or, you know, been around this conference for a while, you'll know that St. Bonaventure's kind of glory years were the Bob Lanier teams of 1971. And, uh, and they're supposed to be as good, or let's say they haven't had a team preseason as good or as talented as this one since then. And so, um, there's a lot of you know reasons for optimism, but, I feel like every year when we go into the conference slate, Dukes, there's always one team that's kind of like a consensus favorite. College basketball is generally the same way. Like this year, Gonzaga, number one consensus favorite. And I think Bonaventure is also kind of the consensus. Like I haven't seen a single preview yet that has anybody but Bonaventure. And then to be honest with you, I don't think I've seen a single preview that doesn't have Richmond at two as well. I'll, I'll say this though about the Bonnies. Give some Dayton guys a little flashback. I made this comparison the other day. This team kind of reminds me of the 2016-17 Flyers. Where they the have team everyone. that we have or the Bonaventure the, the team? team? That, the team that we had. Okay. With Kendall Pollard. They had all the seniors. They had the entire group coming back. It was their year. And I, I think that Bonnies will get it done. But I'm hearing some chatter about a national championship. And I just want to say, slow your roll. Slow your roll. There, I don't think there's a shot that this team is Final Four National Championship good. I think they're no. very good mid-major good. No. But, I mean, look at look at all of the teams in the last, what, 10 years in the A-10. And preseason, none of them were, like, slated to make the Final Four. I mean, I guess the best team that you're going to see preseason hype-wise is, like, they should make the second weekend. And and I don't, I don't think... I don't think that's yeah, I, I guess I get your comparison now to the 16, 17 Dayton team because we kind of said this team should get to the second weekend, but if they don't, there's probably ways where it won't be a disappointment. And looking back on that season, it was disappointing that Dayton lost the last three games of the year. But I wouldn't necessarily call that season a disappointment, would you? No, but we I'm fairly certain we started the year top twenty five, no? Oh, we were ranked for a good portion of that year. And yeah. then we dropped out and they got back in January and then they lost and dropped out again. Like they kept just getting in and then losing and falling out again. Yeah. Basically just the, the comparison goes off of the continuity was there. Senior laden team veterans in the a 10 have been to the tournament already. And it's just, can they get it done now? And they ended up winning the conference that year in the regular season, losing in the tournament. Right. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And so you just don't know what's going to happen with this Bonnie's team. Yeah, I, I would say that you're right. Like it's it's a pump the brakes. You know, if you, you can buy into, you know, the preseason hype for Bonaventure. I mean, there's all, like we just outlined the reasons why they should be the preseason favorites. Mm -hmm. I think it's just one of those things where do not be shocked if they slip up a couple of times unexpectedly in the non-con because um, we, we've seen it happen year in, year out. I mean, it, it happens all the time. And Bonaventure, they they don't have a ton of tests. Like, we're not going to know a whole lot about them uh, for a couple of weeks. And ironically enough, St. Bonaventure plays Virginia Tech on a neutral floor only five days after Virginia Tech visits uh, Dayton Arena on Edwin C. Moses Boulevard. So <laughs> watch out for that because Virginia Tech could take two L's in the A-10 or 
they could be both of us. And then, I mean, we'd be invalidated as a conference again, but that's happened <laughs> before, I guess we're, we're used, we're used to that. <laughs> yeah. Same thing, um, different day. Yeah. I mean, Bonaventure again, doesn't have a, a ton of tests. Um, I believe they have a Thanksgiving tournament. Uh, they're going to Charleston, South Carolina. So they play Boise State down there, and then they'll have a chance to obviously play a couple of better games. Um, but from there, they only play UConn and Virginia Tech in the top 100. So again, we might not know a whole lot about Bonaventure until conference play starts. And unfortunately for Dayton, their second uh, conference game is against St. Bonaventure. But thankfully, it is uh, at the friendly confines of our own arena. So look out for that, Flyer fans. You know, if the hype is real, we'll find out. Um, but you know, UD gets St. Bonaventure early on in the season here, January 2nd. Uh, we're going to bring it all the way home. Full hour, segment three coming right at you after the break. Uh, you're listening to Talking Out Loud with Sully and Dukes from Barstool. Ev- available everywhere you listen to podcasts and specifically right here on 1410 ESPN Radio. And welcome back to the program. This is Talking Out Loud on 1410 ESPN Radio, Dayton, and available wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, Dukes, I wanted to start the third segment of tonight's show with some trivia. And you know how I love trivia, so please hit the music. All right, Dur- uh, Dukes, here is... I said Dur, so you got me... Re- you, the, <laughs> that's, early- too much, that's too big of a compliment for me. <laughs> I know. You, you got me talking about recruiting earlier, and now I want to call you Durs, the recruiting insider of Talking Out Loud. All right, Dukes. So uh, with the opening night game, 19 days away from the time of the release of this episode, my question to you with uh, UIC coming to town as they are ranked 265 in Ken Palm. My question is, who is the highest ranked opponent that Dayton has started the season with in the Ken Palm era? And that dates back to 2002. I'll ask you one more time. Who is the highest rated opponent that Dayton has played on night number one in the last 20 years? All right, I got one team that randomly pops into my head. Okay. Goes off of... I feel like we always start off with a warm-up game, so I'm going to say Austin Payton. It's it's Austin P. I don't I don't want you to embarrass <laughs> yourself out here. I'm all the right. Worst, I'm the worst enunciator. I'm the worst <laughs> speller. I'm awful at that stuff. So sorry for all of that. Um, well, funny enough, we played Austin P. twice in this stretch of games dating back 20 seasons, um, but they have not been anywhere close to the lowest-rated team. I actually knew the answer to this before I started looking it up, and it's only because this game happened while I was a student, and we got really fired up for it because of who came to town on night one. It never happened this way, but the answer is actually a Big East team. Could you could you get it now that I gave you a hint? Where did you go to school? I went to school from 2008 to 2012. Were they in the Big East at the time? They were not. That's a good Creighton. question. It is. It's Creighton. Yeah. So uh, to open up the 2010 season, uh, Dayton opened at home against the Creighton Blue Jays. I remember it well. We scored 90 points. We beat them 90 to 80. Um, And the arena was like seriously rocking that day. You know what I mean? Like I remember too, too, because it like it was the second week in November. 
And I remember it wasn't even all that cold. And so people were like super fired up. Like, dude, we got a big game. It's November. It's not even like five degrees out yet. Like, oh, <laughs> man, it, it was a great day. Um, <laughs> but Creighton came into the arena ranked one or sorry, uh, all the rankings I was looking at takes uh, the ranking of the team by the time the season is over. So it actually is a very fair ranking. Like, you know, a team didn't come in at like 150 and end up at 75 or anything like that. So uh, by the end of the season, Creighton was ranked 116, and that is the best ranked opponent that Dayton has ever opened the season against. What do you think? Surprised? Yeah, I was guessing in between them and Butler when you said the Big East team. Yeah, yeah. Well, we never. I don't. I think we've played Butler in the non-con and like a home and away situation. We played him yeah. in a tournament before, but yeah, none, none of that. Um, all right. So out of those twenty games. I took an average of the Ken Palm ranking of all 20 opponents. Do you want to take a stab at what the average Ken Palm ranking is of the teams we open the season with? 156. It's much higher than that. It's actually 201. So we have played 12 teams that are inside the top 200 in the 20 game sample set. And we have played six teams that are inside the top 150, never playing a team ranked inside the top 100 to open the season. Anything about that surprise you? I'm cool with that. Keep it that way. <laughs> yeah, you, like, you like the Did tune-ups. You, yeah. What was, I'm, I'm going to look back at the, who we played in 2020 to start off the season. It was like, we almost had like a nightmare. Indiana state. Do you remember Indiana that game? State. They weren't yeah, bad was, either. They were close. No, no, no. They were a good team. They were a good team. And that wasn't just a joke. Like, Oh, we had a scare. They were, ended up being a very good team that year too. Yeah, and so actually, it's funny that you bring that up. Out of the 20 teams that I analyze, that game was actually number two. That was the second highest ranked opponent we've ever started the season with. Indiana State ended that season at number 122, just behind Creighton that I mentioned at 116. So, so very astute funny. of you to bring that up. So funny, because I remember after that game, my roommates being like, we just got to clean it up. Like, we'll, we'll get better throughout the year. I was like, I think we're fine. Our offense is sick. <laughs> See, I was like, dude, we just hunt, like Indiana State just hung with us. Like, I think we might be in trouble. Like, you know, I was, I was, I was like, the total opposite that year. My, my whole thinking process during that game was just like, if our defense is the worst part that we have to worry about, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think there is merits to the tune-up game, and especially this year. Um, we got no shortage of tune-up games this year. Dayton's going to open the season with four stinkers. And since we're on the topic, Illinois-Chicago is ranked 265. UMass Lowell right now is at 277. Lipscomb, night number three, they're at 219. And Austin P is the worst of the worst. They are at 308 before the Flyers go to their Thanksgiving tournament to play Miami, Florida. So they're bad games, but here's the thing. I would be totally okay with the way the Flyers schedule is set up right now with those four games. If the first two games back from Thanksgiving weren't Alabama State and Northern Illinois, who are both over 320, like th that's just those games are inexcusable. We don't need to play either of those games. Be honest we with don't. You. I is that just a this year thing? I'm almost thinking so we could get the young guys a little more comfortable for the college game, but at the same time, the college game is going to smack them so hard in the face. If they're playing easy competition, yeah, so it's, I'm playing it's possible. Right? It's mm -hmm. possible. Uh, UD now they, they've done this a couple of years in a row now, but they do like the cupcake game after the exempt tournament. Um, if you recall, in 2020, Dayton came home from that Maui tournament and they played Houston Baptist, who was just dreadful. That. 
And yep, I remember that game. It's going to be the same way this year. I mean, Alabama State is probably going to be one of the 20 worst teams in the country, all, all, like all together. And I had the worst. I had the worst beat of my life in the uh, gambling beat against Houston Baptist. I'll never forget it. Oh, because they because they covered the spread or because they didn't. So I think I took the under, which was like it was ridiculously high total. You get the walk on uh, some walk on dunks the ball. Didn't need to at all. Could have just dribbled it out. And then Houston Baptist made a full court shot to hit the over. <laughs> full, full court shot. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I do remember that now. I think that actually made it to Scott Van Pelt Sports Center's bad beats. Yeah, um, I'll tweet it out tomorrow for uh, for listeners to look at. Please do. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, we talked about the schedule last week on the program. Um, th- we definitely need the tune-up games before we go into the Thanksgiving slate. I could just... I could do without the two that we have once we we come home from that slate. Um, if anybody else is curious, uh, just going through these ratings um, of Ken Palm, and again, it's it's not a Bible. It's just a really good benchmark before any games are played. Uh, right now, the projected record of Dayton is only 29 games because we obviously don't know about the other two in Thanksgiving. Um, the projected record of the Flyers is 20 and nine, uh, good enough for 12 and six in the conference. And Dayton is projected to take losses, close losses at home to only Virginia Tech and Bonaventure. They are going to be favored at home um, as of right now against the rest of their schedule. And then, you know, away is is kind of a mixed bag. Um, They are currently a five point underdog at SMU. And I know that's going to be a pretty uh, difficult game on their slate. Uh, last thing I wanted to reference on the Ken Palm rankings is the conference rankings. So when all these teams start to come out on Ken Palm, they're all aggregated like all the other conference teams are. And then they have a composite ranking for all the conferences. And basically all this does is just tell us how powerful the A-10 is in regards to the other conference. So you might be sitting there and saying, well, Sully, I need some context and I will feed you baby birds. Here's exactly the context behind what I'm saying. So from 2014 to 2017, the A-10 was either 7th or 8th best conference in the country. And if you consider the top six conferences, that is Big 10, Big 12, SEC, Pac-12, ACC. Those are the big six, right? And then the Big East. And then right after that is where we talk about the 7th or 8th. So typically, the A-10 is in the mix with the West Coast Conference, the American, the Mountain West, and some years, the Missouri Valley. So in those years, the A-10 was coming out on top. They were either 7th or 8th. In the last four years, the A-10 collectively has taken a downward turn. So in 20, um, what is it, 2018 now, they were 9th. 2019, they were also 9th. And then they were 10th and 11th. So right now, there's like or Dukes. I keep doing that, dude. God, you can tell <laughs> I, 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 I'm, it's early in the season. No, um, don't worry. It's, it's early in the season, Dukes. Um, but I wanted to bring that up for perspective in that the A-10 used to be 7th and 8th. Now we're kind of teetering back and forth between 9 and 11. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's concerning to me to a certain level. What do you think? You could just tell if you, when you look at the Kempom ratings, the, like the Mountain West is, seems to be a little bit better than us, which I'm okay with because I think the Mountain West is going to have maybe three teams in this year. Yeah, and I agree. I think it's also the the WCCs, the West Coast Conferences, Best year by far. Best year by far. Um, and then the AAC is, I feel like, right in the slot that we want to be. And I don't think anyone's going to question that right now. Yeah. I think the AAC also has probably what? They're on their last legs. They'll be done in like one or two years. It kind of seems that way. Yeah, I, right? I absolutely agree with that. So um, it's 
it's we just got to see how it shakes out for the years to come. If we are in the eleven, the ten to twelve range for the next five years, Sully, we're in trouble. We better make a, better make a move to the Big East and get that get that next slot. Yeah, no, I, I mean you're absolutely right because if you're in ten to twelve, that means you're right around the Missouri Valley and Conference USA and. Oh my God. I mean, the Conference USA alignment, if you haven't seen it before, I'm not going to spend time on the radio program going over it, but it's dreadful. I mean, it's like FAU is joining like UTSA and San Antonio. And I'm telling you, man, um, that's the shift from Conference USA to American, excuse me. But I had Dayton people in my mentions no less than two weeks ago being like, why don't we join the American? And I was like, uh, we definitely shouldn't no, we join should. the American under any circumstances at all. The, we should only go to the big East. We, I, I, know it's, I, I say it all the time and I'm like half joking, half serious, but we are the next team in for the big East. It's a very, it's us or St. Louis in my opinion, because I don't even think VCU has a big enough national fan base. We're not even, we're not a national fan base, No, but we have a big fan base that can bring a lot of money to the big East. It's yeah. us, it's St. Louis, and then maybe Gonzaga if you really want to put away the travel restrictions. Dayton fans, stay positive. Stay, <laughs> stay positive. Po- stay positive, friends. We got this. Friends, please, please. <laughs> we just have to do this a couple. We'll make a final four before the Big East. We'll be back. I I talk myself into the Big East all the time. I wrote a <laughs> my roommate, my roommate, our freshman year of college, wrote an email to uh, President Spina. It was like, President Spina. I really think you should know that I think that we should join the Big East. <laughs> it was a huge thing. And Spina wrote back in the morning. It was like, hi, James. Like, yeah, like we've thought about it. Like, we know we'll do the best what's for the university. Just basically being like, if we could join the Big East, we would, you idiot. Yeah, like we're trying out here, bro. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so funny. You see, Spina would earn some more clout from me if he just sent that email that was like, we're trying, bro. And it's a like, <laughs> Spina, you know, not even yeah. doctor. He just like he like initials yeah. his emails with Spina. I would yeah. love that. <laughs> so funny. Um, since we are on the topic and we're getting towards the end of the hour here with Dukes from Barstool Sports here on Talking Out Loud. And I appreciate you joining the program all the way through. Um, but uh, last point tonight that we wanted to touch on, since this is a Dayton podcast, I mean, we do a lot of preseason filler and I do like to do trivia and rankings and all that good stuff. But I can't help but notice, Dukes, that. Uh, Dayton is starting to get some preseason respect finally from those that are like actually paying attention. You feel that way too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. People that are paying attention closely. Yeah, I mean, what's your outlook on the season? And you're typically, I like having you on because you're more rosy than I am about the outlook of the season. But right now, I'm in between. This could be a rebuilding year, and this team might have enough talent to win the league. And and I I don't think there's any in between in my mind right now. Like I can't really play Switzerland. Like I'm. On like some mornings I wake up and I'm like, man, this team could suck. And then some mornings I'm like, well, they have enough talent to win the whole conference. I'm I'm pretty honest about this year, meaning I think we have the talent that we could win it all. I just almost in respect think this is a 2018-19 year. It's right before our takeoff. Next year, I fully expect this team to be a top 15, top 10 team. That's that's before I even see this team play a game. But the talent right now is there. If we finish top three in this conference, I would be ecstatic, ecstatic. Yeah, and, and I mean, we should finish top three in the conference. I keep saying this, but like, there really is no reason Dayton should ever drop out of the top five. And if we're going to split those hairs, the top four is what's relevant. I mean, Dayton has to start getting into a position here 
where they're in the top four every single year. There's just we're running out of excuses for why we're not going to be right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, because let's say that your situation plays out right. Like, oh, we're a year away. What does that finish look like in the A10? Is that fifth? Is that sixth? Because you get to if we're sixth. a year away. Yeah, because if you get to sixth. I'm calling that unacceptable. I would say no. I would say sixth is is unacceptable. I think that the. I think that the second year players are going to really show up. The biggest, the biggest X factor is, I think Kamara. Obviously, how does he fit into our system? Is he going to play that like OB role? Is Zimmy going to play that OB role, or how are they just going to figure out their rotations? That could take some time. Yeah, figuring out the rotations and everything, and then the key is obviously going to be conference play. We need to get a couple big wins against that non-conference schedule. SMU would be huge because I think SMU is severely underrated. Kendrick Davis is one of the best point guards in the nation, but we'll save that for the SMU preview. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm, I'm really fired up for that game, and I, I mentioned it on last week's show. Um, if you haven't listened to the library from from uh, this season, go head back. We're on episode seven here, so you got plenty to catch up on if this is your first show of the year, and we're here every Thursday as well. Um, but Dukes, before I get to final thoughts and, and we close out the hour here um, of talking out loud, there was a question that came across on Twitter and it was, would you rather get a raise in Canes in Manhattan where you live or for Dayton to win the conference? And what was your response to that question? Because you're a big Canes I, guy. I'm a huge Canes guy. I, I, that's, it's always a staple when I go back to visit school, but <laughs> I would give up. I would give up Canes for the rest of my life if if Dayton won the conference this year. <laughs> Wait, so where, do, where does do Kane sit versus Chick-fil-A? Are you a Kane's over Chick-fil-A guy? I, I think that the sauce is unbeatable. I love Kane's. So <laughs> I love Kane's. I wanted like, you know, like the, you know, the least chicken, how they give it out at the Dayton's, the Dayton games. Oh yeah. They would give me chicken and I'd be like, no, I'm only, I'm only getting Kane's. I'm brand loyal, sirs. You yeah, can take it back. Loyal. All right. Yeah, I'm a loyal man. <laughs> Please have your Lee's chicken back. All right. You can't say that on this program because we're sponsored by Lee's chicken. Well, Lee's so, chicken's delicious. Okay. Thank you for saving Lee's that sponsorship chicken. dollars. No, no, no. That was, just a, that was just a bit. <laughs> I, <love chicken. laughs> I was, I was drinking beers at UD arena, getting Lee's chicken. I'm eating it every single time. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm getting free chicken inside the walls, I'm definitely going to yeah, do yeah. it. Yeah. Um, There's nothing better. I'm glad you brought that up uh, or like right now is because I actually had never had canes until I went to UD because they, they aren't really around Pittsburgh. So no, so, so good. That sauce I'm dreaming about right now. I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm telling you, man. All right. We're closing out the hour. Uh, I usually run over on time, but we're doing our best. What's your final thoughts for the listening audience this week? Uh, Dayton doing the A-10. I mean, book it. Book it here, baby. Book it. Book That's it. You- Why not us? <laughs> That's how you know that preseason hype is underway and the college basketball season is quickly approaching is that we have gone from pragmatic, realistic predictions to a uh, Dayton winning the A-10 conference outright, no doubt in our mind. That's how you know it is definitely uh, the season is coming up on us. Uh, that'll do it for the full hour here. Again, whether you're listening to us on the podcast feed or on ESPN 1410 AM in Dayton. Uh, We appreciate you. And so I think Dukes will let you know what the two rules are of the podcast as we take you out for this evening. What are they? Wear red, stay loud. That's it. Wear red, stay loud, and we will catch you next week. I woke up this morning and my vitals were low. My eyes were red from crying. I was up until four. Turned up the sound of Lying dead on the floor It's just the way that I am I'm a mess and it's literal
Someone 